Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome, Jade, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no worries. Thank you so much for having me. You are pretty new to Defence. Can you tell us how long you've been with your partner and how you met? We've been together four years this year. We met in high school, so year 10, and he went to the all-boys school across the road and I was at the all-girls school across the road, so it's kind of like bound to happen. (laughs) So it's been four years this year, which seems so fast but so long at the same time. So with knowing each other I guess from such a a young age did Mm -hmm. Callum always want to join defense well when we first met he'd never mentioned it which is fair enough we were so young like 15 you don't think about the future like that so seriously and then when it got to grade 12 and you have to start deciding what you're going to do with your life he mentioned halfway through I think I want to join the defense I can't see myself going to uni I can't see myself doing that kind of stuff I think the defense is what I want to do and I was like okay like that's a big thing when you really need to talk about it but yeah he applied halfway through grade 12 and we did like the youth session we did all of the processes and things like that while he was still in school and then the first year our out of school January he found out enlistment day and six months out of high school he was off in Wagga. So what went into the decision with him joining was it a joint decision or sort of did you do any research as to what that would mean for you how did you both go about it? I was still unsure of what I wanted to do towards the end of grade 12 I was like set on doing nursing I wanted to be a nurse and I thought how is that going to work with him being away am I going to have to stay here if he moves like there was just so much happening and I was worried he was just thinking about him you know like he's not thinking about us together and I was worried we're not going to last through all of this stuff and especially because we're so young you know so I decided you know we really need to talk about this if this is going to be what you want how's this going to work for us we had like sit down (laughs) big mature talk about it and we thought you know what we can make this work like it's going to be fine I'll start doing study here at home and and then he can go off and do all these things so yeah it was kind of a joint decision but I definitely didn't want to stop him from doing anything that he wanted to do this he was set on this he wanted to do this and of course I want him to follow his dreams and all of that so yeah it was more of a joint decision I guess so that's you know a huge decision to be making and to be talking about in year 12 yeah you know you're finishing up school and trying to decide what you want to do and and getting your final marks and exams and all of that. So how did you make that decision together? And did that affect your decision to go on and study what you did? Were you in your mind thinking, okay, what would work with defense life? Yeah, when I started to look at nursing, I thought, well, if Callum joins the defense, of course, there's going to be nursing jobs. You know, there's always hospitals everywhere you go. Like I should be able to get a job in most places. But we went through the nursing thing. And then halfway through, I realized, oh, I don't really know if I fully like this or not. But yeah, it was hard to start with because I was so unsure. I think I just wanted to let him choose his way, which is not very good. I wasn't really thinking of myself then as well. But I wanted him to do what 
he wanted. And with nursing, I thought I'd be able to get a job anywhere in the career that he was choosing. And I thought I could do that as well. But yeah, it was more of a let him do him first. So how did it sort of work when he applied to join? What was that process like? Were you keeping communication open with, you know, the process like, okay, well, this is what I've got to do in the lead up to joining. This is when I'll be leaving. Like what sort of information did you have to kind of keep you, I guess, informed and a part of the process? We talked about everything. I helped him with almost everything like you know the fitness side you really got to get your fitness up before you join you're going to pass the test and everything so like we're at the gym together all the time like we kept it really supportive he was really open with me about what he had to do when he had to go to Brisbane you know do the U sessions and then when he found out his enlistment date he told me straight away this is what we've got to start packing you know you've got to start buying all these things now for when I leave and I was like okay like I was really involved in a lot of the process which I think for me was really good because it kept me kind of distracted that he's actually leaving but I'm helping more so like I'm more involved in it I guess. So what was the enlistment day actually like because can you talk us through like what happens because they actually enlist and then they go from there like how does it work? Once he sent off all his applications and everything and was fully accepted I guess he did a U session found out all of the jobs he'd be suitable for And then he did his fitness test. And then basically it was a lot of waiting and a lot of like if and when are you going to leave? Is it going to be soon? Is it going to be a while? Um, But yeah, he found out the day that he was leaving in January. And then by June he left. So we had about six months to plan for one RTU in Wagga. And then we went to Brisbane and off he went on a plane all the way down to Wagga. What were those six months like in the lead up? So it's good that you've got time to prepare, but did it then sort of stretch out the inevitable and make it worse? in the lead up to it actually happening because you had time to process it and for it to sink in. How were you feeling about it? I was really open with, I think my social media really helped me because I kind of started like a little countdown, I guess you can say, like all of my friends would know, oh, you know, it's like 10 weeks now until Callum leaves and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think that helped me cope a bit more with realizing what's really happening. And then the six months leading up to it, we really just decided to just spend a lot of time with all our friends and our family and stuff with his training the next time we didn't know if he's going to be gone a long time or all of that so we tried to make the six months we had together to spread it out with all of our friends and stuff but of course have time for each other I don't know if it was worse having more time or, or better because then I was just more sad every time I realized that he was going to leave soon and then the countdown got smaller and smaller did you do anything to prepare yourself for the day that he was leaving or did you just think okay well I'll figure it out when it happens Looking back now, I wish I had prepared myself a little bit better, but I did join the um, Facebook page that they have for partners and I started reaching out to a few people there and seeing how I could help myself cope a bit better. I started doing a little bit of like Googling, like what am I supposed to expect, you know? And he was doing the same, like he had no idea what he's in for. They couldn't really tell you much before he leaves, you know? And so, yeah, I guess I was like preparing myself. I was going to be studying three days a week. I was like, I'll be busy. I'll be on placement, you know, I'll I'll keep busy. But when it came around, I just felt so unprepared, even though all the talking we'd done and we'd be like, yes, we're ready for this. But it kind 
comes around and you're never ready for them to just not be here. So what was the day that he left like? Well, the day that he left, I remember putting on like my phone on like a little time lapse of like when he was getting his little suit on and everything to go. And my family came and his family came. And I don't know, I didn't cry that day at all. The day that he was there, I wasn't sad. I was like, I'm going to be strong. He's going to be sad. He's the one leaving all of us. I've still got all my family here. He's going to join like all these people that he doesn't know. He's doing something brand new. I shouldn't be the one that's sad right now. So I was like, I'm going to be strong for him. So I wasn't crying or anything. I was just kind of like trying to cheer him up. And then it was so bad because there was this like two or three hours where we just had to wait we like said our goodbyes and then we're like oh the bus doesn't come for another few hours and I was like no I was like this is gonna drag it out so much more as bad as it sounds I was like can you just go now so you can just get it over with I just want to say our goodbyes and go then we can move on with this day (laughs) because it felt like such a bad day but it was great in the end because we went through it and it was something that when looking back I really was proud of how well we handled it on the flip side once he'd left and I guess you were, you know, sort of standing there waving the bus off. Yeah. What sort of happens then? Is there anyone that gives you information about this is what he'll be doing? This is some support for you? Like what happens? Just before he left, someone spoke to us about open arms and the counselling that it can offer for families. And I wasn't sure where I'd fit into that because I wasn't really a family member. I was just, not just a girlfriend, but, you know, just a girlfriend, so to say. And I wasn't sure if I was able to access those kind of support and so I was like oh okay I'll have a look into it but yeah other than that they didn't really tell us anything about what he was going to be doing just like what we could access just open arms and things like that but yeah I didn't hear anything about what he was doing unless he told me in the coming weeks when he could speak. So if you hadn't have been able to access those Facebook pages and you know googling and all that you wouldn't have known that you know okay when he goes he he won't have his phone or like did they tell you what would kind of happen with communication with him and like how busy he would be or how much pressure he'd be under like no one told me personally but I kind of figured it'll be hard. These are people training. And I was worried he was just going to be getting yelled at the whole time or something like that. But no, I didn't really find out much. I kind of found out all of that information from him himself when he could speak to me. I kind of already knew that he'd be so busy that some days I might not get a call. But yeah, the first day he got there, he said, you know, I probably won't have my phone this whole week. They keep it locked away or something like that. And I was like really upset. I was like, okay, uh, I've got to adjust to that now because I in my head I thought oh he might get it every day you know like get a little call every day but it wasn't like that. (laughs) Did anyone give you information about whether you could send care packages or you know because when you do get a chance to talk to him I guess you know you've only got limited time and you're relying on the information from the recruit and sometimes they don't always have the information that you want because you know us spouses kind of have like a million and one questions about details and we need to picture what's going on and trying to figure it out. Did you find out any information about whether you could send care packages or what did he need during that time? I know the first week I really wanted to send a letter 
he didn't have his phone on him, obviously, and I didn't know his details. I didn't know what to write to send a letter. And the only way I found out about care packages and that you are allowed to send letters was from the Facebook page that I was in. One of the girls had her partner at Wagga just a few weeks ahead of Calm. So I was like, oh, hopefully they get to meet each other, you know. And she's like, yeah, I've sent him a care package. But of course, he was a couple weeks ahead. And I didn't want to go ahead of myself and send him things and he get in trouble or something like that. I was just a bit worried. But yeah, after like three weeks, maybe he told me, yeah, I actually need a few things. Can you send me like I don't know, a charger or something and some shoes and things like this that I that he didn't pack? Can I send lollies or anything like that? And he said, yeah, but I have to eat them or they'll get thrown away. So yeah, I only found out a lot of things quite late because obviously he couldn't talk to me, couldn't send me his details to send letters and things like that. Or I found out from other girls that were on the Facebook page and that was really helpful for me because then I could start writing letters, you know, and then save them for when I could send them. You know, you mentioned you were feeling a little bit sort of to the side because you were in air quotes, just a girlfriend, which, you know, we know that you're not just a girlfriend, you're his (laughs) partner and you're, you know, a central part in the military puzzle for him and and his support system. But I mean, I guess when people go off to recruits, they're not necessarily at the age or stage where they're married and and have kids. Sometimes they are, they join when they have, when they're married and have kids. But you know, if you're a young recruit and you're joining, you're more than likely in a relationship. And so therefore there'd be a lot of people that are left behind that are just the girlfriend and feeling like, you know, I don't know how to contact him or, you know, I don't know what I can send in the care package. So, I mean, you are just as entitled as anyone to be able to access that information. And, you know, especially because recruits are more than likely to be girlfriend and boyfriend situation or boyfriend and boyfriend, girlfriend and girlfriend, whatever it is. Yeah. So what would you, think would have helped you in that situation to make you feel more comfortable about feeling like you are part of that process and not just a girlfriend being in that Facebook page a lot of the younger girls I noticed I would post something and then they would ask if they could message me you know because their partners are joining or something like that and I was like yeah I'm happy to talk to you about this because I'd like to meet someone else that's going through the same thing that isn't married or isn't recognized relationship or anything like that because it was so hard you know you read through their um, what to pack list that come with like um, emergency contacts and everything and his family is part of that but then that made me feel like so if something happened to him I wouldn't find out unless his family told me you know like I just felt like I wasn't as important in that aspect okay so he went off did his training you guys I guess got into the the groove of him being away and how it sort of works and you sort of got into your routine. How long were you apart for and how did you go as the time went along? Did you think it got easier? Did it get harder? Well, he was at recruits in Wagga for three months and then he did his IET training um, back in Amberley. But I think it progressively gets easier. I'm not sure if it's easier if you just get more used to it, like used to having them away or, you know, get used to their routine routines of you know I go through the whole day not talking to him and then at 7 p.m I think he gets his phone so I'll be ready then I go through that kind of that's what I was thinking while he was away and then if it comes to seven o'clock and he wasn't there I was like oh well maybe not tonight you know instead of getting really upset about it I think I just got better at adapting to the change over time 
your partner finished up and and graduated pre-COVID so you could go and and watch him. So what sort of happened with that? Did he nominate who could come and see him graduate? How did that work? That's kind of like the girlfriend thing again. So they could have as many people as they wanted, I think, probably within reason, come to the parade where they march and everything and you get to see them for the first time again. But then they could only have like selected number of people come to the like lunch kind of thing my mum was there his parents his brothers everything and I was like of course I want all your family to be there but I also want to feel just as important as a family member you know so I was wondering I was like could I come to the lunch and he's like yeah of course so you know everyone got to have a little part of his graduation and then he could stay out the night and come out to dinner with all of us so we all felt really included in that which was really great so then what happens do you just say goodbye to each other again or like how does that work and is that worse when you get to see them for that short amount of time and I guess you know you're celebrating getting through that process and then maybe you kind of just think okay well this is the start of the next bit. Basically my mom and I drove down to Wagga from Queensland so we left a little bit earlier and arrived a bit earlier and the day before his graduation I could see him so like we had like a little reunited thing and then his graduation the next day and then two days later he would fly out to Amberley. So it was kind of like, hi, great, you graduated, now you're off again kind of thing. So we just kind of took those four days that we saw each other. I was really lucky. Amberley was close to where we lived. So we tried to make it work with his training once he was back at Amberley. When you were going down, I guess, to see him for the graduation and for the couple of days after you had, after you'd been apart for a while, what were you feeling about seeing each other again and and whether, you know, because you've just, he's just experienced this big thing in his life and this big change and, you know, he's gone through this training and sacrificed and I guess maybe changed a little bit in the way that he sees the world because he's been through this big thing and then you've experienced it on your side and, you know, I guess probably grown in your own way as well with being a part because you mentioned you've sort of been together every day for, you know, your whole relationship. So what were you feeling? about seeing each other again and and whether you know you'd still be on the same page together or you know whether you'd both be different that time apart really changed both of us I think we really grew up really quickly through those just three months he I think did get a new kind of look on life because of all these things that he's done now like all the hard work he's put in and then same with me at home I was really developing in my own way like coming up with my own ways to cope with being apart and things like that. So yeah, I think when we saw each other again and it was like, who is this person? (laughs) Like we're kind of different. Like how do we work well together again? Like how do we work that out again? Which is so weird for us because I was like, what's happening? But yeah, the first week or so together, I didn't really want to, as much as I wanted to see him, I didn't really want to smother him, you know, like I wanted to see him, but I know that this is a lot to take in. And it was a lot for me as well to like be there and see him again. I was like, is this real? Working well together again was like something we had to kind of work on when he came back to Amberley, trying to get our relationship going again, like see how we can grow together instead of like growing apart. You both had a new normal now and when he came back and you then moved in together like that's a a huge step in anyone's relationship in the first place but to have been apart for 
whatever period of time beforehand yeah. and have both grown in different ways and coming back together and making those, taking those big steps. And then obviously, you know, he's finishing training and trying to work out how it all sort of works when he's finished and going into the job that he's trained for. And how did you guys, I guess, stay on the same page? Did you keep communication open? Did you talk about it? How did you work it out? Basically, once he finished at Wagga, he came back to Amberley to do job training basically and that was more relaxed but it was like five days a week sometimes weekend work and so we still didn't see each other as much as I would have liked and he's so used to working now like doing all these things that sometimes you feel a little bit not included not a part of it because he's got his own world now like this is his job he's got all these new friends that I have no idea who they are and I've been here at home this whole time like living my life (laughs) trying to make things normal but yeah it was really different Hey Military Wife Life community, I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. So sometimes when I was really down and things like that, I would just mention, I was like, hey, can we just like have a talk tonight? Can we just like have like an hour for me and you to just talk things out about anything? And so, you know, I think that really helped us. And then I had to really work on not depending so much on him, I guess, which I did work on while he was away. But I started finding myself like if he had a weekend off, I'd like make sure that my work didn't put me on weekends or something like that. And I thought, I mean, I don't think I really need to do that because we can still see each other, but I don't need to be there every minute that he's free. And I think I was starting to get worried that I wasn't getting included in things. And then I was trying to work my life around his life but we should be working our lives together. And so did you feel like you maybe went through a type of grieving because you know what your relationship was like when you were together for the couple of years before he joined Defence and then he comes back and or, you know, still in the process of transitioning back to seeing each other full time. You've both grown and you're a little bit different and you're trying to come back and be on the same page and have time for for the things that you're both doing individually, but then also your relationship. So do you feel like you had some sort of grieving process because of what was and trying to get your head around what what it is now? I do. I do remember feeling like that. And I've really grown from that now. But as much as I didn't like it, I used to say like, oh, my friends aren't going through this. Like my friends in relationships, they don't have to like miss out on weekends or like miss out on doing all these fun things with their partner because they're at home. Like they get to be at home and Callum's out training or something like that. And I used to find myself getting really not jealous, but like kind of wishing we had that kind of time together. But then I used to think back to when he was home and we'd do all these fun things together. And then I kind of had to bring myself back into this is his job. This is what our life is going to be like in the future. So like, you know, we've got to find the little things that we enjoy in it and really work on that. And I knew that I was getting upset seeing my friends getting to go out on the weekends and stuff. And I would go with them, but Callum would be at work or something like that. 
And so I was kind of like, felt like I was missing out. But in the back of my head, I knew that it'll work out soon in a way. Because you're still in that, you know, living your life with people that aren't all defense. Like he's going to work and they're all defense and all of his new friends are defense. And, you know, they all get what's going on. They're all on the sort of same path. And you're still, you know, you've got one foot in defense life as the spouse and then the other foot because you, you know, working and doing other things and sort of in the normal other other world sort of thing. And you've got (laughs) friends that, yeah, like you mentioned, have relationships where they can depend on each other and they do know what they're going to be doing in, you know, three months time and they can can make plans. (laughs) and all of that sort of thing and suddenly you're in both worlds of things so did you have any resentment in the fact that you're kind of having to juggle both of that and I guess then did you feel like you needed to veer towards having more friends that were also girlfriends of people in defense so they kind of got you like how did you feel about that I have two really good friends whose partners have graduated um, recruits and they're working now this year. So I really enjoyed talking to them while Callum was away because they actually understood what was going on. And like, I just felt like as much as my friends that aren't defense or my Sibby friends, I, I just felt like they couldn't understand me in a way like they say oh my boyfriend's going away for the weekend I'm so upset or something like that I understand them but I was like oh it's not quite the same he didn't text me back for like eight hours (laughs) yeah yeah I was like oh that's nice I feel for them in that way but I guess they couldn't feel my pain I guess in the same kind of way because it was different to theirs then I found myself trying not to be too involved but I wanted to be friends with Callum's work friends you know like I wanted to kind of fit in there but every time we'd hung out I was like I don't know I feel like I don't belong in this like I just couldn't find the right balance between trying to live that outside defense life and trying to be involved as well while all your other friends are sort of you know going out on the weekends and making plans about not travel because at the moment yeah (laughs) that's not happening but you know making plans about what they want to do in a month's time and you know this is what we might do next year or whatever the case may be and here you are having to grow up pretty quick because Callum's got this job that could potentially send him away you know on exercises and pretty serious things as opposed to to you know working at Woolworths on the weekends yeah. while going to uni or did you yeah. feel like you grew up quicker than your other friends and found it kind of hard to relate with them even now sometimes I feel like I am living my life too fast like sometimes I have to remind myself I'm only 19 I've got a lot of things to do still and here I am living in a completely other state to all my family for the first time living out of home with Callum and you know we're getting a dog now like I feel like I was rushing things but you know in the defense you don't have time to be immature you kind of have to you know get a house so you can be secure in a posting instead of just getting a house so you can move out with your friends so yeah I feel like I can relate to my friends because they're starting to move out and things like that but yeah my life has been quite fast in the last year since turning 18 I've done so much more things than I thought I would have done by now and did you have any reservations in the fact that because when Callum went off to recruits, you guys have been together for a couple of years and I guess in 
a pretty you know serious relationship and he's going off with more than likely a lot of other guys the same age some girls maybe all of them are not in relationships and and maybe in a different headspace they all kind of get into this club where they've all experienced this same thing and gone through this thing together and then you know they move on and straight away they're in jobs where they're earning money and they're able to go out on weekends when they're not away and they have an income to do that sort of thing and not all of them are in serious relationships so were you worried about how he would handle being in a serious relationship but then also juggling that side of life at one point I was really worried that you know I was kind of like weighing him down like I thought oh look at all his friends they get to go out and do these things and I said to him you can go out you can go do all these things and you don't have to stop because of me you know but I was worried that his friends I guess that didn't have serious partners like this they didn't want to hang out with us I guess because we're kind of too mature or like I was worried that they would exclude him and things like that because of me Um, which is silly to think now because they're all lovely people and we're all friends now and we can get along in the same friends group. With those worries come the fact that you've picked up your life and moved with him and on your side are making sacrifices as well. And, you know, if it's for nothing because, you know, you're not on the same page anymore and you're making these sacrifices um, and moving your life in the same direction as his, were you worried about doing that? Like making those decisions about your life, you know, I guess alongside his defense life because he doesn't have a choice where he goes he yeah you do but your choice if you want to be with him has to be to go with him and and to sacrifice and to make allowances on your side so what were you feeling in that sense when we found out our posting it kind of came at a time where COVID was just kind of starting and my job had closed because I couldn't work anymore there and so I was thinking well I'm just kind of stuck here at the moment there's not much going on I can't do anything I'm not working and he is going to move and so I thought if I stay here I might be stuck here and I know that I get pretty like you know upset when we have so much time apart and who knows how long I'd have to wait until I can come back or until he can come back or until I can go live there. And so the decision for me to move was kind of already made. Like I knew I'd be better off coming than I would be staying back home. But it was really hard leaving my family, you know, and his family's there as well. So it was a really big thing for both of us to just kind of move. And it was a really sudden posting as well. But yeah, I guess the decision for me to move was kind of like a pros and cons and there was more pros for me than there was cons. So what was the process like moving? Like, were you involved in packing things? Like, how does it work with your first move when you've come back from recruits and you're about to go on your first posting? Like, is he allowed to take whatever he wants from wherever he was living? Like, was he living with his parents? Did And were you living with your parents? Like, did you both take furniture? Like, how did it sort of work yeah. for people that are, are new to and are maybe about to go through their first posting? At the time, he was living on base. So he didn't really have many things on the base just kind of like his work clothes and all of that stuff which Toll was happy to take from the base but because we were de facto everything had to be picked up from one house and so he still had a few things at his parents house like his motorbike and like his bed and all of that 
because we just had one bed at my parents' house. We just had to basically move everything to one house, bring his motorbike home and everything like that. Basically, he put it all into the toll thing. I didn't really have much to do with that process. He did that. Could get them trained early on so you don't (laughs) have to do it. I was like, I've heard stories about this. I don't want to do it. You can do this one. (laughs) And so he did all of the toll stuff. And then we had like 10 days to find a house, do the toll inventory, get them here, get on a plane and get to sail basically in the middle of COVID. (laughs) And then toll came. They packed everything in boxes for us. They picked up our cars. Yeah, basically the next day we caught a plane and we were in Melbourne and then we were in sale. So you've gone from him living on the base and you living with your parents to moving to another state and living together. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So how did that go? Because I guess on one side you're sad to live for your family and friends, but on the other side it's exciting because you're going off on this adventure together and moving in together. I had so many mixed feelings leading up to it because basically he got told you can get posted to sale and that's your option and you have <laughs> and I was that, like okay that's not an option that's that's the, that's your that's choice. it it's not even <laughs> a choice it. that's it <laughs> that's it you've got sale you've got to okay. go okay so I was like oh okay cool and then so he called so, me out uh, sorry day. let's pause so you're like yes. madly googling sale okay what's yeah. in sale what what do I need to take that I'm never going to be know. able to get in sale where is sale I've never heard of this place before I didn't know it was a base I didn't know there was a thing here but yeah it's this tiny little town it's great it's such a big difference to living you know coming from like Brisbane that way is out there to living in this little town that has like no Kmart nothing here (laughs) Um, saving lots of money anyway (laughs) yes yeah got the call sale and then He's like, I can choose to leave in seven days or I can choose to leave in 10 days. I was like, um, <laughs> let's take the 10. I need as much time to process this as possible. It'll take me um, three days to pack my shoes and clothes. So like, you know, know. let's do the 10 days. Yeah, it was kind of mixed feelings packing up my room and you know having nothing in my room anymore that I've had in there for like 10 years now you know leaving your parents for the first time is always scary and like how am I going to do these things and then now I'm all the way down in Victoria and they're back in Queensland and yeah and now my mum was meant to visit right before they closed off the border to Queensland so she didn't come down anymore and so you know it's in the middle of COVID it's really hard as well. I guess you pack up all your things and get ready to say goodbye to everyone. Everything's packed and gone and then you get on the plane to go to sail. Then what happens? You go to your DHA place? Like how does that work when you get Um, off the plane? Basically, sail is like three hours inland from Melbourne. So yeah, we got to Melbourne caught the train in to sail and then Defence had organised us a hotel for a week because our house wasn't ready. And so basically we were just living off our little suitcase and Calma to start work. So I was just at the hotel for a week by myself. And then when the time come that we could come look at the house and do a phone inspection, basically, because we couldn't do in-person inspections. And then all of our stuff came on the same day and they set up our beds for us. And because we had no furniture to ourselves, because it's the first time we've ever lived out of home, we had to put all our furniture together, like our tables and our TV units and lounge chairs and all of that. We had to put all that together. So that was fun. That's a real (laughs) test of any relationship, really. Yes, it was. I said, you can do this. I'll make the house look pretty. You can put it all together. Now we're slowly adding things because the house is pretty bare. We just have not much stuff because we've never lived out of home. So you guys getting used to like cooking 
cooking, you know, meals for each other and like all of the adult stuff that you yeah. would have been doing together beforehand. And yeah. have you, are you getting to know each other in different ways? Like, you know, oh, okay, I didn't know you didn't like that or I didn't know you did yeah. things that way. I'm like a massive clean freak and he is not. <laughs> so that is very testing. It's so weird. I was so excited for our first grocery shop because I was like, wow, we get to go buy our own food, you know, like groceries. <laughs> but now it's just such a chore. Like we don't want to go anymore. You're like, oh, and we have to pay for it. This is <laughs> not like, so oh. fun. And on top of it, when we first moved here, I didn't have a job and I also wasn't getting any like, you know, job keeper payments and stuff like that because of COVID because I hadn't been working long enough. And so Callum's income was basically the one paying for the rent. It comes out of his pay because it's a DHA house. So he was paying for the rent and the groceries and then we started getting our electricity bill and our gas bill and I felt so bad for him because I wasn't able to contribute a lot to it. Um, and so did and you I, have that conversation together about, you know, the fact that I don't know when I'm going to get a job and I we had 10 days notice for this posting sort of thing. Like how were you feeling and working through that? Because it doesn't make you feel really real great when, you know, you're moving to a, another place where your parents aren't even readily available to drop mm-hmm. a meal around if you wanted to so yeah. <laughs> um to depending on the the military member because they're the ones that have the job and have the security because that's the whole reason you're moving. How were you feeling and did you feel pressure to get a job? Callum never made me feel pressured to get a job, but I kind of put it on myself. Like I didn't want him to have to do this for much longer because we were handling it. We could do it. We got budgets and everything's like that. We were handling it, but I just didn't want him to have all of that pressure on him, I guess. I didn't feel pressured to get a job, but I really wanted to start doing something because after a while, sitting at home doing nothing, it gets kind of like I just need to do something before we left I researched like kind of just really quickly is there daycares around sale is there places I can get a job is there anywhere hiring at the moment even if it's just Woolies something like that I just want to get a job for him so we can start paying things equally but yeah I ended up getting a good job in a daycare now we kind of do things equally and so how long were you out of work because you know sometimes people might think oh well you you know, just do whatever you want, like just watch yeah. Netflix all day and, and catch up with your friends or whatever. It's like, yeah, but I've moved to a new place. Uh, I yeah. don't have any friends. I'm stressing about looking for a job and, you know, you don't know when you're going to get a job. So it's like, it's not like you can go, okay, well, it's okay. I'll just enjoy this few weeks because I'll have a job in a few weeks. You don't know that. Like it's the yeah. unknown. My job in Queensland, we closed in March. So I'd ha- I hadn't had a job since March. It was like two months of just sitting at home and like it might sound good like the first week was okay because I was like look at our house like I can do so many things but now I'm like oh I want to (laughs) go I don't want to do this anymore Callum's at work I've got nothing to do like and of course when you when you have the time you don't have the money when you have the money you don't have the time so it's (laughs) like Yeah. And I was like, I can't just like go out go shopping or anything. No. And of course, no- nothing was open and I didn't want to spend money that we might have needed for food or for our bills or anything on things that we didn't need, which was kind of my mindset for the last two months. I was like, if we don't need it, we're not getting it, which is why our house is kind of bare. Yeah, <laughs> but now, exactly. But now we've both got a job. We can start looking at the nice, pretty things. Did you feel like it caused any tension within your relationship with 
I mean, because you're probably sitting at the door waiting for him to get home. And like, yeah. why, why isn't he home? He should have been home five minutes ago. Like, yeah. what, did he stop for petrol? Like, where is he? Like, you know, sort yeah. of thing. You're like, you're my only friend. Get back in. <laughs> it was like that. And then we got a puppy. So I was like, oh, well, he can hang out with me now, I guess. And <laughs> you're like, you are my best friend. So, <laughs> yes. you know, you have to love me. But Callum does night shifts. So usually now that I'm at work, he is asleep in the day. And then by the time I get home, he goes to work or he's still asleep. And then I cook dinner and he goes to work. There wasn't any tension, but now that we both kind of are working different days, you know, and sometimes some weeks we might not see each other. We might just pass each other before he goes to work or something like that. It's getting a little bit harder, I guess. I kind of made it a point to make sure I have time when he's home kind of thing because I know he can't change his work. That's his work. He has to work four days a week, different days. But if I can take a day off of work once a week, I'll try and do that so we can have time. So what is his job going to entail? Is he he going to have to go away a lot? Like what will it sort of mean for future postings? And like, will you be in sale for a while? Like how's it all going to work? This job that he took in sale was something that he wasn't planning on doing. He actually wanted to do another course for another job, um, but he injured himself and kind of had to take a step back and reevaluate what's going on. So I know that he wants to go back and finish that course that he started, which of course I'm going to support him, but I just don't want him to get hurt again. But yeah, he kind of wants to do that in the future, do another course, which means different posting locations, different kind of job, which the job he wants to do there is more trainings, you know, more outfield kind of stuff means he's away a bit more. And so have you and Callum spoken about like what will happen with future postings? Are you both on the same page as in, you know, you're a team, you move together, like just the unspoken thing that he... He knows that you'll go with him wherever it takes him or is it a joint decision of, you know, these are the postings that would be good for both of us? Like how have you sort of worked that out? I think we're both really excited. I'm happy to go anywhere and I think it'd be great because like this is obviously a good opportunity to see Australia. He knows that I'm happy to go wherever he goes and if he ends up going back to that course, it means, you know, moving back home basically where the course is for six months and then being posted again, you know, so I'd rather go where he goes, I guess, and he knows that. So have you accessed or gone to any of the spouse support or events? Um, No, I actually haven't yet, but I know there is a, like a community family Facebook group for just eSale where we are. And of course it's a small town. So I'm really excited to, you know, kind of put myself out there, but I'm kind of nervous to do that as well. But yeah, I have met a few of the other spouses through my work and yeah, the kids that go there, they have their parents in, but again, there's no one as young as me. And so I don't know if like, it's hard to make friends, I guess, and like fully get on like a friendship level other than more than just like, Oh, I'm a spouse and you're a spouse. You know, that's cool. We should be friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you take it to the next level? It's yeah, like dating, yeah. friend dating or something like yeah. that. It's like, should it, can I ask for your number or like, yeah. what, can you come over? Like, yeah. are we on that level yet? No. <laughs> can we be best friends? How does it work? <laughs> yeah. 
what are you feeling about making friends? Are you just kind of waiting for them to happen naturally? Because I guess if you don't, if at the moment because of COVID, if if all you're doing is going to work and then going home, how do you go to the next level with moving to a new location during COVID where you can't put yourself out there and go to an event if you wanted to, you know, push yourself out of that comfort zone? I found that really hard because back home even, I guess all my friends I had there were from school. So I didn't really know moving to a new place. How do you make friends? Like, how do you go yeah. from just talking online you know like chatting with people that are going through the same thing as you to actually like you know going out going to lunch doing all of those friend things like how do you make friends when you're not in school and you're not at work like I don't know how to take it to the next level yeah. and so yeah I'm finding it really hard at the moment you know moving to a new place with literally absolutely no one except for my partner yeah <laughs> it's so hard to like what do I talk to them about other than what's happening right now in my life I just moved here like yeah. <laughs> I don't have much and I don't want to like be too much and then you know I don't know how to like initiate a good friendship and like trying to like just speak to the girls that I know that have their partners here you know start with that like it's kind of like an icebreaker I guess Mm. you can talk about your partners first and then you can talk about you you know talk about more things and then moving on from that yeah it's hard because as well at the moment they wouldn't be having any functions on board where you know is usually the places that if you put yourself out there and go with your partner, you might meet one person and then become Facebook friends. And then, yeah. you know, from there sort of think, okay, well, I'd really like to go out to dinner with someone other than my partner. I'm kind of getting yeah. a little bit sick of him, <laughs> even though, you know, I missed him for all that time. Like, So at the moment, like what stage are you at? You're just at, okay, it's all right. I'm just kind of getting comfortable with being in the new area and yeah. I'll worry about that a little bit later. I'll just, you know, wait until my dog gets sick of me. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and we've had um, a few neighbors move in because the estate we live in is pretty much all raffies kind of most of them and so yeah we're slowly getting to know like our neighbors and stuff and if they have a puppy we're like do you want to have a puppy play date like yeah. we're using things like that what sort of information and support do you wish was offered to you you know being a new spouse like what do you think would have been helpful that wasn't offered or that you think should be offered or should be explained better or like what what are the gaps i actually really struggled to find like anything on what my partner is going to be doing and like what does he need to be doing before he leaves like i struggled to find things like that and like he wanted to see that obviously as well and I like looked on YouTube, I looked on Google and other than that Facebook page that I found, there was nothing I could find that would reassure me, I guess, and answer some of my questions and like I didn't want to continuously post on the Facebook post like how do I send a letter, how do I get in contact, how long will I have this phone for, <laughs> like things like that. I didn't want to post all of that at once. But yeah, so I really wish I'd found something like that and my partner, he wanted the same, he wanted to know like what's happening and I know it's a lot different for them they can't really I guess share everything that's happening in recruits because I don't know that's that's their thing they can't share all of that kind of information but you know just a little bit of like what the process was like would have been a lot helpful to like kind of reassure you that this is what kind of is the plan yeah this is what might happen next and then from there you go sort of here or so were you told about the Defence Community Organisation or Defence Families Australia, like all of those organisations that are there for spouses and for defence families? 
with the day he left from Brisbane, when they spoke about open arms and things like that, I think they mentioned it, but again, I was feeling like, oh, is that really for me? Like, am I allowed to access things like that? Just being a girlfriend, am I allowed to go to defense families like and community, things like that? Am I allowed to be a part of that? Or do I have to be like, you know, officially recognized, like things like that? And other than that day that they spoke about it, I don't think I ever heard about it again. Have you got a spouse pass for the base and like, have they walked you through that process or is it up to you to get Callum to do that for you? Like, how have you done that? Yeah. Now that we're de facto and living together and everything, Callum organized it for me to get a spouse pass for the base. So yeah, we can go to the little community center there and, you know, we can go to Afghans, the cafe, and we can go to the gym. And like, I feel a lot more a part of it now that I can do all these things. So you didn't get a pack from defense or anything like that? Like, okay, well, you're new to the location and this is what you might be able to access if you don't have a job or if you, you know, here's the community center if you have a spouse pass and if it wasn't COVID um, to, to visit. Yeah, so it was just kind of gathering that information from like Facebook groups, a bit from Callum, like yeah. from people that and you yeah. know. Yeah, and Callum's corporal, she's been really great. She's been helping me out. Yeah, she recommended the daycare on the base for me. But yeah, other than doing my own research and the people I know, I guess I didn't really find out a lot of things that I could have known, you know. So what about your mental health? Do you do anything to look after your mental health? There's a app that I think Callum got from his work actually called High Res and they do like meditations and breathing exercises and things like that. So sometimes at night when it's just a bit too stressful or have a really bad day or something like that, I like to like take some time out and just have a break (laughs) for a second or I like to clean the house. I like to keep the house clean because if the house is clean, then I don't feel as stressed anymore and take the time out to call my family all the time because, you know, we can't see each other. Is defence life what you thought it would be? Like, did you have any expectations of what you thought it would be? And what is the reality? Like, how are you finding it? I didn't really have any expectations, obviously, because I couldn't find a lot on what to expect. So, yeah, I didn't really expect anything, but I thought maybe he won't be around all the time. But in reality, we get enough time together now, I guess. But, yeah, it was hard at the start, like I thought it would be. But it's getting better. You get stronger, I guess. And what have you learned, I guess, along the way? Um, the first thing I learned is, you know, everything will change. Don't, don't have a plan, you know. And that is hard for me because I like to be organised and I like to have things in order, but, you know, not everything is going to remain the same. I've also learned, you know, you're not just a girlfriend. As much as I was a girlfriend, you know, I think I really helped him through those really hard times. And, like, your family's there and even if you're not recognised or anything like that, you are so much more than just a girlfriend, you know, because you play a really important role in their journey in the defence because there's so much happening for you, there's so much happening for him and you've got to really work together. And it's a big thing that you go through when you decide to be, or really decide, but, you know, when you are a defence partner, there's so many things happening and it's a really big commitment to take on. So you're not just a girlfriend, you're something so much more. So any advice for people that are, you know, have just said goodbye to their military person who's just gone off to recruits or they're just on, you know, the first couple of weeks journey and are just kind of feeling their way through and getting to know what it's about being 
a defense for us? As much as people will say it to you, it does get easier. Like at first I didn't believe it. Everyone was telling me it gets easier. And I was like, no, it's never going to get better. It's always going to be like this, but it isn't. It's going to be so rewarding and as much as it's hard, it's a really great career. I can see how happy it makes my partner and look at where I am. Like I didn't know last year that I'd be living with my partner in Victoria away from my home. Like it'll take you so far and as much as it's hard, it'll really help you grow. Well, thank you so much for coming on and telling That's us okay. about all that is being a new spouse and feeling your way through the first yep. posting and all of that. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Military Wife Life community. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. 